Exodus chapter 10. We have been going through the plagues that precede the Exodus. And in Exodus chapter 10, we'll look at the first 20 verses. We'll see about the eighth plague, which God sent upon the land of Egypt. Uh, the first 20 verses. Hear the word of God. Now the Lord said to Moses, Go into Pharaoh, for I have hardened his heart and the hearts of his servants, that I may show these signs of mine before him, and that you may tell in the hearing of your son and your son's son the mighty things I have done in Egypt, and my signs which I have done among them, that you may know that I am the Lord. So Moses and Aaron came in to Pharaoh and said to him, Thus says the Lord God of the Hebrews, How long will you refuse to humble your, yourself before me? Let my people go that they may serve me. Or else if you refuse to let my people go, behold, tomorrow I will bring locusts into your territory, and they shall cover the face of the earth so that no one will be able to see the earth, and they shall eat the residue of what is left, which remains for you, to you from the hail. And they shall eat every tree which grows up for you out of the field. They shall fill your houses and the houses of your servants and the houses of all the Egyptians, which neither your fathers nor your father's fathers have seen till the day that they were on the earth to this day. And he turned and went out from Pharaoh. Then Pharaoh's servants said to him, How long shall this man be a snare to us? Let the men go, that they may serve the Lord their God. Do you not yet know that Egypt is destroyed? So Moses and Aaron were brought again to Pharaoh, and he said to them, Go, serve the Lord your God. Who are the ones that are going? And Moses said, We will go with our young and our old, with our sons and our daughters, with our flocks and our herds. We will go, for we must hold a feast to the Lord. Then he said to them, The Lord had better be with you when I let you and your little ones go. Beware, for evil is ahead of you. Not so. Go now, you who are men, and serve the Lord, for that is what you desire. And they were driven out from Pharaoh's presence. Then the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out your hand over the land of Egypt for the locusts, that they may come upon the land of Egypt and eat every herb of the land, all that the hail has left. So Moses stretched out his rod over the land of Egypt, and the Lord brought an east wind on the land all that day and all that night. When it was morning, the east wind brought the locusts. 
And the locusts went up over all the land of Egypt and rested on all the territory of Egypt. They were very severe. Previously, there had been no such locusts as they, nor shall there be after them. For they covered the face of the whole earth, so that the land was darkened. And they ate every herb of the land, and all the fruit of the trees, which the hail had left. So there remained nothing green on the trees or on the plants of the field throughout all the land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh called to Moses and Aaron in haste and said, I have sinned against the Lord your God and against you. Now, therefore, please forgive my sin only this once, and entreat the Lord your God that he may take away from me this death only. So he went out from Pharaoh and entreated the Lord, and the Lord turned a very strong west wind which took the locusts away and blew them, into the Red Sea. There remained not one locust in all the territory of Egypt. But the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart, and he did not let the children of Israel go. Beloved congregation of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, we have this last while been looking at the plagues uh, from the book of Exodus. We've been looking at the Bible story, and, and, and it is in the book of Exodus that we read, really Exodus through Deuteronomy and Joshua and so on, about the Lord's Old Testament work of redemption. He delivered his people from bondage. He delivered his people from enslavement and brought them, though through 40 years of wandering, uh, to the promised land, uh, which he would overcome and give to them, uh, though it had been inhabited by others before. I, I think it's healthy for us to, to not just rapid-fire study one of the sign after the other sign. For Remember how the book of, of Exodus started, right? There arose a king who did not know Joseph. Remember how Joseph was saved? was sold as a slave by his brothers into Egypt? Well, 400 years had passed. And, and though the nation of Israel had maintained uh, their national integrity in the land of Goshen, they did not intermix and intermingle with the Egyptians. And so the story that we read as the king of Egypt, the pharaoh of Egypt, uh, was concerned that this resident nation might join with their enemies. That if uh, enemies came to their gates to oppose and overcome Egypt, that, that Israel would join with them. And, and so the, the Pharaoh's obsessed with this, and he tried to reduce the population, at least stop the growth from taking place. And in the end, they end up throwing all the, boy, the boys born in, in the land of Egypt to the Israelites into the Jordan River to kill them. But Moses was spared. We looked at that, how, how his mother made a basket, covered it with pitch on the outside, and, and put it afloat on the Nile River. And it was found by one of the princesses of Egypt. And she raised him 
claimed him as her own, and even asked, uh, was it Miriam, the, the, Moses' brother, Moses' sister, uh, to go find someone to be a wet nurse for this child. So she went and got her mom, Moses' mom, to do this, and they were protected and paid to care for this child. Well, uh, in these last chapters from uh, 7 until now, 10, coming to 11, uh, we hear uh, about God's display of His power. And so what we will see this morning is that the Lord displays more of His power that we might know that He and He alone is the true God, that He is the living God, that His greatness will be remembered by His people and really to be remembered by all. We'll look first at the forthright reason for this sign, this play. Secondly, the fearful threatening of this sign. And then thirdly, the feigned submission uh, by Pharaoh to it. So the forthright reason for the sign. Uh, look at verses 1 and 2. Now the Lord said to Moses, Go into Pharaoh, for I have hardened his heart and the hearts of his servants, that I may show these signs of mine before him. Uh, why were these signs going to be shown? So that Pharaoh, so that Pharaoh might be shown uh, these remarkable signs and wonders. And of course, we, we read this numerous times. In fact, way at the beginning, chapter 6 and 7, Pharaoh will not let the Israelites go because I will harden his heart. And, and that is exactly what we read. I have hardened his heart. Exodus 10 verse 1. And, this is new, the hearts of his servants. And so we'll pay attention. Well, what, what does Moses say? Rather, what does Pharaoh say? And what does Pharaoh's servants say? And of course, they bolster Pharaoh in his, heart, his own hardness of heart. They encourage him uh, to do something that was not even asked or proposed by, uh, by Pharaoh, or by, rather by Moses and Aaron. And, and so it is that uh, Pharaoh was really exercising the natural state of his heart. He was in rebellion. Now we would hope that even in a state of rebellion, we'd be able to see this isn't working out for us. Right, what do his servants say? Don't you, don't you see that, that Egypt is destroyed? They could see it. And, and Moses, in his, uh, in, in his revelation of God and his greatness, bears witness to these things uh, of, of who God is, of, of what God uh, is going to be doing uh, with them. Look at verse 2. And that you may tell in the hearing of your son and your son's son, the mighty things I have done in Egypt, and my signs which I have done among them, that you may know that I am the Lord. Now if you pay careful attention to those two verses, you'll see that there's three that's. Did you see that? I have hardened his heart and the heart of his servants, first one, that I may show these signs of mine before him. So Pharaoh will learn, and Pharaoh will remember all that he has done. And, two, verse 2, that you may tell in the hearing of your son and your son's sons the mighty things 
I have done in Egypt and my signs which I have done among them. In other words, the signs and wonders are for His benefit and your benefit and that you may know that I am the Lord. That I am the great God, the great King, uh, the one who is to be known, the one who is to be feared. And so these signs that God will show are purposeful. They are going to show Pharaoh and his kingdom, the world. In fact, you can read, uh, for instance, at, um, in Rahab, in the city of Jericho, he says the hearts of the people are fallen. They're, they're, as, as if it died, because we have heard what, what God did in Egypt. We have heard what God did to his enemies, Sion and Og, king of Bashan. And, and, and it instills fear upon them. Uh, and of course, the um, the reputation that God has uh, is an, an, an indicator of how He is known, and we're not we're not supposed to miss the point either. How great is Almighty God? Just think, He created all that you see and know in the world. How? By the word of His mouth. He upholds life and, 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 and health and being for all creatures. With a moment of suspension, they would not be. And, and how, do we, how do people think about themselves in this world? They can do what they want. Oh, I can do whatever I want. I Don't tell me what to do. Really. That's very poor theology. It's a very poor com comprehension of, of who God is and what God uh, is doing. He is the Lord. He is the Almighty. And of course, knowing about God, what do you have to know to live and die in the joy of true comfort? Well, the basics, right? What, what does true faith believe? All that God has revealed to us in His Word. All that God's revealed to us. Well, it becomes incumbent upon us that if God has shown all of these things to us in His Word, that what? That we would know them. Right? That we would remember them. And yet we often become busy with our own little kingdoms, our own little worlds that we, we hardly think. We hardly give it a thought what God is doing. Uh, in in the Catechism, when it explains uh, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. How can you hallow God's name? Well, by knowing what he has done. By knowing uh, his great power and glory. So the historic, factual things that God has done is fundamental to knowing and believing in God. And, and all of these plagues. Right? I mean, if we had seen one or two of these plagues, we'd be pretty impressed, I think, knowing that, that, they're, that these things are happening in the world and in our, in, in our area because God is, is sending these as judgments. But what, what do we have here? Before we're done, we're going to have ten plagues. Right? 
And I, I was thinking about this the other day. Could I list the ten plagues? And, and, and I had to work at it. You know, it's like the Ten Commandments. Can you, can you tell me the Ten Commandments? Well, how do we... How can we say that we know these things and believe these things if we can't really re recollect them? We, we can't put them in order. And so I'm not saying that this is the whole thing, but it, it's, it's the Old Testament story of, of deliverance. Think about how the Ten Commandments begin. I am the Lord your God who did what? Who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Well, that means something. And what that is, is the shorthand for the big story. And, and that's really the goal of this whole sermon series. What is the Bible story? Well, we're studying the Bible story. We're learning about what God has revealed and what God has done in the hearts and lives of his people. <coughs> Second point, the fearful threat of this sign. Look at verse 3. So Moses and Aaron came in to Pharaoh and said to him, Thus says the Lord God of the Hebrews, How long will you refuse to humble yourself before me? Let my people go, that they may serve me. Or else, if you refuse to let my people go, behold, tomorrow I will bring locusts into your territory. This threat. Do you suppose Pharaoh thinks, oh, that probably won't happen? What are, what are the odds? Wait a minute. What, what were the, um, the other plagues so far? All of the great signs and wonders the fly, the lice, the water, the blood, the, uh, all of these signs, right? What did Moses say? If you don't let the people go, this is going to happen. And now this eighth time, when are you going to humble yourself before God? Remember the first response of Pharaoh? Who is, who is the Lord of the Hebrews that I should listen to him? Well, he's, he's learning. He's being told more and more. I mean, we might jest a little bit, kind of a slow learner, but to anyone who opposes God. Anyone today who, who, who refuses, literally, to bend their knee and bow their heads before the Almighty. is missing the very purpose of life. The very reason that they're on the planet is, is to give glory to God. And no. Hard pass, we would say today. Well... Only at the cost of, of, of rebellion and, and really what amounts to treason with the God of the universe. It describes. In fact, in my research, there was, a, a, I think it was a missionary or some explorer was in one of these islands in, the, in East Asia. And there was a, a swarm of locusts there. And he described how... You could hardly put a piece of food in your mouth with, without the, the locust entering in or to cut a piece of bread to have a sandwich that wasn't... You, you'd kill all, all what's in the house, right? 
you'd open the door and the swarm would just uh, would be back in. And, and, and that's what we're seeing described here. Uh, in fact, they said that even at night they would rest, they would stop flying, but if you were to walk somewhere, the very ground would be ankle deep in, in, in locusts. It's just, just absolutely horrible. It's like the plague of the frogs, right? They're in your cooking pots. They're in your bread where you need your bread. They're, they're in your oven. They're in your bedroom. They're on your pillow. They're under your sheets. I know. That, that's what they've already gone through. And, and now this is warning. Uh, listen to verses 5 and following, chapter 10. And they shall cover the face of the earth so that no one will be able to see the earth and they shall eat the residue of what is left, which remains to you from the hail, and they shall eat every tree which grows up for you out of the field, and they shall fill your houses, and the houses of your servants, and the houses of all the Egyptians, which neither your fathers nor their fathers, fathers' fathers, have seen since the day that they were on the earth to this day. And he turned and walked. Let my people go. When will you humble yourself before God and admit that he is right and, and, and listen to his will? Well, all appears to be uh, clearly stated, clearly warned. Look at verse 7. Pharaoh's servants have something to say. Then Pharaoh's servants said to him, How long shall this man be a snare to us? Let the men go and that they may serve the Lord their God. Do not, do you not know that Egypt is destroyed? And, and just, just think about this. We, we've gone from inconvenience, we've gone from struggles and trials, the first plagues, these latter plagues, to death. Remember, all the servants and all the cattle that were left out in the fields were killed. By the hail that came down mixed with fire. Incredible. And, and now Moses comes and gives this warning. And Egypt is being destroyed. Uh, remember how the, the hail came during the first seasons? I forget the, 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 two, the two crops that were mentioned. But, but now this happens in the, in the time of the crop of the wheat and the oats. And, and, and uh, they're completely destroyed. They're completely eaten up. So what, what, is, what, 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 can, what can Egypt do? They're going to have to buy their food from some foreign countries. Use their capital, their reserves, just to survive. Almost a picture, if you will, of Joseph in Egypt. With the, the seven years of, of plenty and then the seven years of, of famine where nations would come to them and buy food, buy bags of grain, whereas now they have not. Uh, the, the tables are clearly being turned. And of course, in that statement to Pharaoh by his servants, uh, those are complaints. Right? Those, those are accusations. Pharaoh, because of your hardness of heart, all of these things are coming upon us. 
but that's in effect what, what is being said. Don't you know, duh, that Egypt is destroyed? So Moses and Aaron were brought into Pharaoh, and he said to them, Go serve the Lord your God. Who are the ones going with you? Seed planted by his servants, right? And Moses said, We will go with our young and our old, with our sons and our daughters, with our flocks and our herds. We will go, for we must hold a feast to the Lord. And he said to them, The Lord had better be with you. These are threats being made by, by Pharaoh at this point. The Lord had better be with you when I let you and your little ones go. Beware, for evil is ahead of you. Not so. Go now, you who are men, and serve the Lord, for that is what you desired. That's a lie. Moses never asked that just he and the men of Israel would go. So here Pharaoh through his servants, for that is what you desire. And they were driven out from Pharaoh's presence. So the Lord says to Moses, raise up your hand, raise up your staff, and pray. Stretch out your hand over the land of Egypt for the locusts, that they may come upon the land of Egypt and eat every herb of the land, all the hail that the hail is left. And Moses stretched out his hand. And a, a wind came from the east that day and that night. And in the morning, the east wind brought the locusts. And the locusts went up over all the land of Egypt and rested on all the territory of, of Egypt. That they were very severe. Previously, there had been no such locusts as they, nor shall there ever be again. For they covered the face of the whole earth, so that the land was darkened. They ate every herb of the land, and of the fruit trees which the hail had left. In fact, there have been uh, locust swarms, like during the dust bowls and stuff like this. Uh, Rush Dooney talked about how people would hang up their laundry, and they would come back, and the, the sheets, that which was hung up on the line, was completely gone, just the cloth that underneath the clothespin had been spared. Uh, the, the damage is almost incomprehensible. Pharaoh calls for Moses and Aaron in haste. I have sinned against the Lord your God and against you. Now therefore, please forgive my sin. Only this once. And entreat the Lord your God that he may take away from me this death only. He calls it death. So he went out from Pharaoh and entreated the Lord. And the Lord turned a very strong west wind, which took the locusts away and blew them into the Red Sea. There remained not one locust in all the territory of Egypt. But the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart he did not let the children of Israel go. So he, was he repentant? Was he sorrowful? Sure. But there's a great deal of difference between true repentance and worldly repentance. You know, I can remember um, hearing people get caught in sins, right? Maybe, I don't remember which big TV preacher it was he got caught 
uh, was a prostitute. And was he ever sorry? He cried, he wept, he uh, was sorrowful that he got caught up in that. But mostly I think he was sorrowful that he got caught. That's not the same thing. Uh, regret? I think that sounds more likely. So Pharaoh uses some of the right words. I have sinned against the Lord your God and against you. Now therefore, please forgive my sin. Only this once. And entreat the Lord. That's really the point. That he may take away from me the death of these locusts. Was his repentance true? Was it sincere? Or was it momentary? And we know the answer. The answer is verse 20. But the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart, and he did not let the children of Israel go. In our next study, we will look at the ninth and the tenth plagues together. They're very, very similar, very much tied together. So we see, beloved, that the word of the Lord in Exodus chapter 10 is for us. And for our children. Remember the that, that your son and your son's sons might know that I am the Lord your God. We have this preserved record, the Old Testament story of redemption, and we learn about the righteousness and power of God Almighty. The Lord strikes with many blows, not just one plague, not just two plagues. Not three, four, or five, but in the end you will have ten plagues. Ten fingers, ten toes. Probably symmetry there to remind and to remember what the Almighty has done. What, what is supposed to be learned? Well, that by Pharaoh and the Egyptians, as well as the people of God, that they might come to a greater respect, a greater fear of God as they know Him. God brought this plague and the others as an indication of judgment. But I think there are often temporal judgments, momentary judgments that represent what every sin and every rebellion deserves. Of course, we know that in the fullness of time, God would send out His Son. That by Him, He would decimate the kingdom of darkness. He would obliterate sin and rebellion in men. And would redeem them as His own. That He might redeem those who were under the law. That they might be brought near. That they might have reconciliation with Almighty God. May the Lord grant that each of us would remember these wonderful works of God that we might never forget and that as we remember who is the Lord and what He has done, it might prompt in our being, in our hearts, in the depth of our persons, this regard, this worship of the Lord our God.
the Lord's Prayer is for the for the, the glory and the power and the kingdom. Amen. Of our God. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we are grateful to you for today. We thank you that we can be here. We thank you for the wonder and the provisions that you supply. Oh Lord, might it be that many whose hearts are hard, whose eyes are blind, uh, whose minds are veiled, cannot see and don't know that they might have this this time of reconciliation, this time of realization that you are high and holy and lifted up and that they are separated from you because of their sin. Oh Lord, all that we need, you have supplied. Your care, your provisions, uh, look out for us and give us sufficient. Lord, help us to worship you now and always. We pray in Jesus' name.